I mean, truthfully, like Felix, I, I'd much rather face the uh, a thousand horse-sized ducks or, or <laughs> you know that question. <laughs> what? Hello, everyone, and welcome to a quick episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. Uh, in this episode, which will probably be part of a multi-series, um, as I imagine there's going to be just so much to cover, um, I have Mark Ackham with me to help kick off the oh, Elite man. Nationals. <laughs> Did I pronounce it wrong already? Oh, man, it's Ackham. Ackham. Oh, man. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> it's all right. We'll continue. Yeah. Hey, you know, let's just roll with it. Um, man, I thought, so now I'm thinking of like all the times I've mispronounced your name thinking I was right this time because I was always thinking Acom. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, well, uh, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for hopping on, man. Um, this is what, the fifth annual national championship now? This is the fifth? Yeah. It's times flying by. God, 2014 I was, was Vegas, 2014, Vegas again, 2015, New Orleans, 2016, Boston last year, and Minnesota this year, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, why? What's up? No, I was going to say we're excited for it. Bring it to the north. Uh, so is that why? Uh, just just to kind of get representation in each region? Is it going to... Well, yeah, I think we need to give representation for each region. You know, when we did, uh, you know, Vegas, it was kind of that thing where like, well, where else do you do it? Um, you know, we did Vegas our first two years just because I think it was something that we were used to. We were used to like everybody wants to do a little bit of vacation. So it became Vegas. And, you know, after the second year, like I started to get people saying like, you know what, I'm really tired of Vegas between NDL, UDC, Sin City and Elite. Like that's too many times of Vegas. Uh, so we decided, you know, we really needed um, more of a footprint in the South. And so we decided, well, why not make it easy for the South and let's go to, you know, the next party city which was New Orleans. And that actually really brought the South out because it was that nationals where we had all the New Orleans people get a taste of elite. And then now they're like hungry for it. Um, and then, you know, we decided to do Boston the year later and that allows the East region, which has a, a, an enormous amount of teams to continue and be able to come out in uh, force. Um, so we wanted to see Beast Coast represent. And so this year we had the chance to say, where would we like to go in the North? And everybody thought, you know, maybe it's Detroit, maybe it's Chicago, but, you know, we've got Minneapolis up there. That's a good hub for, uh, you know, an airport, which is easy for people to get to. And it's, you know, something a little different. And we found that we can do some, some great things. We found a great venue. This is going to allow us to do a lot more this year than we were able to do in Boston. Awesome. I do want to get to one of those questions later about what you're going to be able to, to get to do this time around. But um, do you feel like there's going to be a, um, might be a dumb question, but do you feel like there's going to be a stronger North showing now, just as there was with the South? Um, I think we actually got a really strong showing from the North. Uh, for the life of me, I can't think of a single team from the North that's not making it out. Like, I think we've got easily, we have more pinch teams this year than we've ever had before. That's for sure. We actually have more pinch teams this round than we have women's teams. Wow. Yeah. So pinch is not going away ever. Or anytime soon. 
I mean, I, I'm I'm an old school dodgeballer. Like I started playing pinch. Like I was pinching in high school and 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 even down in like San Diego. And so like I love pinch. I think there's a, a, a rawness to it. Um, you know, but you know, as elite always wants to evolve, like, you know, nothing's off the table. Nice. Ah. But I'm excited for, uh, uh, you know, nationals where we have 22 teams in pinch. That's crazy. It's going to be an epic weekend. Yeah. You said nothing's off the table and I I can't help myself, man, but do you think cloth is on the horizon just because of the latest hubbub over it? I don't know. Uh, You know what? Like we did foam two years ago and there was not a problem with it, but we found it. It's really, really hard to transport those balls. They ripped easily. They were three times the cost of any other ball. So I found myself needing to spend like $300 to be able to put one quart worth of balls on the court. And that's something that could rip easily. It, it was just, you know, for something that like, you know, elite always tries to put the money back towards the players. Like it was costing so much that it was, it was, it became not feasible for foam. Mm -hmm. And then, so now we've got cloth and the, you know, the early days of cloth, like when San Diego had, um, what was the name of the dodgeball league down in San Diego? They would play the, the yellow cloth ball and even sky high sports would play with the yellow cloth dodgeball. And I, I mean, personally, I hated it because they were an eight inch and there was no way to hold on to them. And so people would rich, rip the stitches out and try and like fling the ball from like holding inside of the stitches. The new five inch balls that Dodge Hub has gone to, like, I don't mind them. Like I can throw them and they catch well. There's something about cloth, though, and this is my personal opinion, not the not the opinion of of elite. Is that like, it's very strange for someone who's been around dodgeball. Like even you, I would ask you yourself, like, does it seem or when it bounces off the ground and it makes the same sound, and when you block it, it makes the same sound. It's very quiet and it's very hard to tell the the ground, the deflection, the catch, and the hit. Like there's nothing visceral about it. Um, that's not to say that it it couldn't happen, uh, like popular in Europe, uh, you can get it back and forth pretty easy, much easier than foam per se. Yeah. So it's really not a discussion that, or a decision that I can make. It'll have to be a discussion between the, the heads of elite. So like the, the council. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to dive into it too much, but yeah, you're, you kind of raise a good point about the sound it makes because like I was joking with uh, with Randy, I think, I don't know if it was last elite or during a tournament, but like I heard a ball like nick somebody and it makes it, like you just you get so used to refing for so long, you can kind of distinguish sounds and that helps you like make your decision of like, hey, did that actually hit that guy or not? And um, there's that match strike that's yeah. you like, even when you nick someone, you hit a jersey or a little bit of the shorts or like it can like flick the finger, like you can hear that and you can tell, you can kind of look that person in the eye and be like, are you going to or not? And yep. you know, there's something about like the quietness using it. And um, it's definitely a different experience. 
that's a good point. I never thought of that because like it, you're not only just introducing a new ball, but like maybe different type of rule set or different pace, different type of way for the refs that are going to officiate it. So it's not something like I mean, even different kind of physics. Like it, yeah. you know, what's funny about that ball is it doesn't rebound. It just kind of like hugs the contours and still hits the person. Hmm. That's a, those are good points, and I I know people like. They make these suggestions and I mean, I'm, I'm probably just as guilty, but we don't think about like what actually would go into it. It's not like you're just going to say, oh, give me two more hours of venue space and boom, I'll just buy six balls and boom, you have a division. It's like, no, there's, oh, there's yeah. not more well, that goes well, into it. I think that's one thing that, that like I pride myself on is w- when, when a change is made, like I have to sit down and really think about all the consequences like because you know if you if you make change with with one thing it creates a ripple effect along the whole process so like i try and sit there and 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 figure out you know if we do change this what is going to occur what is going to happen so uh, like you know we always have to evolve you got to consider those consequences because it changes something else and it's a different dynamic between rubber and foam and foam and cloth and cloth and rubber it's it's all different physics all different sounds yeah it's a, it's a different process yeah that's that's awesome to bring up and part of why i think elite is such a quality well-done tournament and um i don't want to segue into two questions with this one and since we're already on the topic of change um is there anything going to be different about this one versus last year's or any previous other than more pinch teams location and whatnot so, um, well, the first thing that was great is, you know, in very first two nationals, we had six courts. Um, in New Orleans, we had 12 courts. In Boston, we had 12 courts. In Minneapolis, however, um, you know, I'm always constricted by time and court availability, and I always try and maximize that. So that way, like, players are you know, when they pay to play elite, they always get an amount of dodgeball that's either too much or just enough. Um, so with Minneapolis, I have 18 at my disposal. 18. So that doesn't mean like, and what's great about this is this might be the first time where I don't have to make a compromise with anything like saying, I need to give this many courts to women and men will have to do with this many or men will get this many courts and we'll just, you know, make women's a little longer. Like I don't have to compromise. You know, I have six courts for women's division, which is as many as we had in our very first two nationals. I was going to say, and then I have 12 courts just for men, which is almost the entirety of what we had for Boston. So I'm able to do, an enormous amount of games this this year. It's, it's actually this is the first time where I've actually sat down and do the schedule, and I'm a little afraid that this might be too much. Wow. Because normally I'm a bit of a sadist. Like <laughs> I, I I enjoy nothing more than like you know when people post along the lines of like oh it was such a great tournament and they'll tag me and you know the other people helping and say that's awesome like. What I really love is the poster like, I can't move. Somebody bring me pizza or (laughs) (laughs) going to die. uh, I can't get out of bed or I'm walking funny. You know, (laughs) people are asking me if he hit me, you know, those kind of things. Like I love seeing those a little bit more because that means that like they, they were given 
an amount of dodgeball and experience that went above and beyond that it's affecting their day the next day. <laughs> That's awesome. Freaking, let, let's just uh, dive right into that question then from Sergio Leone. He's like, how badly do you want the Mark try to kill his hashtag? And uh, how far will you go? And it sounds like, I mean, 18 courts, that's how far. But is that what you want? You want to see that hashtag popular? Or you want to see something else? Or you just want to see those posts? I want, I, want, I want a little bit of a better hashtag than that, to be honest. Um, but you know what's funny is when Kelly started doing her classics and that Kelly started tried to kill us. And, and as I was saying earlier, like one of the things that I enjoy is is giving people so much that like, you know, yesterday was so amazing and so much that, you know, like today I have to rest because it was excessive. And to hear like, you know, I, that's what I've been trying to do for years. And then all of a sudden, like Kelly comes out of nowhere and gets that kind of reputation. It was like, oh man, jealousy meter was pinned to the, <laughs> pinned to the red. And so like, you know, I, I absolutely that that hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, we'll either see that or we'll see something unique pop up. But I'm sure we'll see something trending. And um, I know you're teasing on it. Um, one of the Facebook threads for like, I posted something. I said, "Bring it on!" Or I said, "My body's ready." And you showed me a picture of like Billy lying on the ground. I'm like, "Yeah, I don't care about Billy. I'm worried about me." But I already know I'm in for a world of pain, and I'm um, I'm not playing no sting for that reason. Like. I'm kind of copying out at just two divisions, but I know I'm I'm expecting just to be completely immobilized for a couple of days, so I can't wait. All right, yeah, no, I'm 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 excited for it, and and, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a little preview since I did the numbers yesterday. So, round robin games, there's 360 round robin games in open, 420 for co-ed 8.5. 180 for women's no sting will be 264 and pinch will be 110 and that's just round robin oh my god eliminate games uh will have co-ed 8.5 will have 82 women will be 40 no sting will be 94 pinch will be 42 so that means that there's going to be 1680 best out of threes which which means that there's 10,080 minimum outs that needs to be taken dang 10,080 outs and that's just if it's a perfect every team wins 2-0 and they get 6 outs 10,080 outs will happen over that weekend Dang. Right, do you release uh, stats like that? I don't think you ever have before. Um, I feel like I'll have to. Yeah, I think I think you should. Because like, it just, I don't know, it just adds to like, that sense of accomplishment. Um, like, why do I it's hurt so bad? It's mind-boggling, isn't it? Yeah, like, it just, it helps. Like, oh, yeah, I played 300 games of dodgeball in two days, or I did XYZ or, or what have you. And it's just, again, just adds to what you're getting out of this for, what, like $35 a person, <laughs> a player? Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the stats that I enjoy that I don't really do, I think what would be fun this year is like, so for example, like I've worn a fit for five years now. Um, every nationals, I basically do about 22 miles, a, which means that we're basically doing a marathon every day. 
And that's something alone that should help men like, uh, you know, bring up the sport or, or legitimize it because, oh yeah, I'm doing a marathon while getting crushed by a ball. Yeah. And throw it. So I'm doing a pitcher's workout, a marathon, and a catcher's workout. Never mind the mental toll it takes on you. Like your brain's trying to track all the different kinds of ways people are trying to hit you. And so you're trying to stay alive, yeah. trying to throw, Correct. trying to calculate. That's, that's yeah. No incredible. one's trying to no one's trying to throw to you. Yeah. Everybody's trying to throw at you or through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I'm really glad I'm not playing no sting. Um, I'm gonna need that day to recover. Um, I'm also rethinking my rehabilitation plans post uh, post tournaments. So. <laughs> But I stand by what I said. I uh, I feel like I can I can hack it. So I'll have to talk to you on on Saturday nights to tell you how I feel. <laughs> but good lord, man. Um, I'm gonna jump to one of the questions I want to ask, and that is, okay, you just laid out the amount of dodgeballs that the dodgeball is gonna happen, and you're running 18 courts. What can people do to help make sure that this actually happens? I mean, it's a nightmare doing a league. It's a nightmare doing six courts. 18 though. How do we help you and Jake like make this as efficient as possible? What an awesome question. And I, I thank you for, for, for giving me that question because the number one thing that people can do to help is it's like, I don't do time limits. I don't like them. I think they're not good for the sport. And that's again, my opinion. Um, what I need from everybody is, you know, we've had a couple of times this year where things went over time because a lot of people will do like a two minute huddle. Like you don't need a two minute huddle, like talk to your team in between the rounds, talk to them on the way to your round. Um, get to your, like we, we give people a schedule. We'll have schedules posted up on the wall. We'll have it posted up on TVs this year. Nice. Um, know where you need to be and, and be proactive of like, okay, um, we just finished this round. Let's go make sure that they've got our score and we're going to go ref on court five. So let's get there. And if you're a ref, like it's, you know, pay attention to who you're refing. That way you can say, Hey, I need you guys over here. You're playing here and then get it started getting teams where they need to be and then getting them started. Like, Hey, I need you on the back line. Let's go. Um, and if you're playing like, you know, keep track of your team. Cause there's always that one person who needs to be screamed at from across the court. Like, you know, get to where you need to be, know where you need to be, like designate someone on your team to kind of under that, that schedule and highlight it and, and, and know where you need to be and always make sure, please always make sure. Uh, even if the ref gave the score, Jay, go over to me, go over to someone and make sure that your score's in. Because if you, you know, you both teams, like both captains and the ref should be trying to provide that score. Like no one's ever going to complain about being given the score three times. Right. There's never been that problem. Um, you know, instead of standing around warming up, if you're, if we're in like hour three, you know, you're already warm. Like you don't need to keep warming up and keep throwing to your teammates on the court. No, just line the balls up, get to your back line, talk with your team quickly about what your game plan is and get started. That's the biggest thing. And, you know, for example, we had this problem in the South where the women finished a full round robin and halfway through, that's, the guys were waiting for someone else to do the work for them. But like as a player, you're given the schedule 
like you don't need to be told where to be where to be like you have that information at your disposal so just get where you need to be getting to where they need to be to ref or to or to play it means we're going to play more games i always over schedule than under schedule right so you know if we continue to like go past what what i thought we were going to get to we'll play those games awesome so yeah that, that's that's what i what i would love to see is people proactively going where they need to be i'm sure everybody's seen me yell and scream about like teams who are sitting on the bench looking at their phone when they should be refing a court or you know their team's waiting for them just kind of eyeballing them like hey where do i go next or what do i do we're just chilling on their, yeah, their chairs like doesn't it on my own team like uh, we have ryan haley prints out he, he takes the schedule he highlights it you know, he puts it in his pocket, but he'll immediately, after every game, he'll be like, hey, we're going to be playing on court four, then on court five, then refing court three. He'll give us the next three things. And so that way nobody's wandering off into some bar of the gym to, to flirt in the girls division or like, hey, I'll know that like I've got to play and then I can go do a bathroom break real quick. Yeah, that's awesome. I have to give props to uh, to my captain on. He's really good at that. Like he'll after every game, hey guys, we're gonna sit this round. Um, Hooch and Damon, you guys are refing at this court at this time, and that's why I know like I can actually chill right now because this is my off time. Or me and Hooch always knew like where we had to be, and like I just imagine that trying to be replicated across all the teams. Then you'll have like a much more efficient event that's on time, and, and we can get that murderous amount of dodgeball that we all want. Um, but that's. I'm just as guilty too. Like I've, I've probably been, you know, caught on my phone, just relaxing in the past, but on has really helped me realize when I can actually do that. So I'm not like constantly on my feet and I can take a little breather here and there, but uh, I hear you. Yeah, man, I love so. on. He's on top of his, his, his game. He knows where he needs to be. I don't ever have to really tell that team where they need to, you know, also team like, like they're actually quicker than I am in terms of like, you know, I, I, before I can even think, about telling them they're already getting a team they're refing. this is a uh, gridlock you said yeah yeah it's because kale's a wonderful person I was on top of it <laughs> they're all they're all great guys um well cool i mean I, I think that sums up what we could all collectively do i mean even as a player if you're not a captain you're not a ref just be ready to play i mean that, that probably compounds the amount of seconds that are lost because we have to find you because you're as you said you know often Lala land or some random part of the gym or taking a dump or what have you because you're just not where you need to be and it's funny man it sounds like you're kind of just describing a military operation like from the top down if everyone does what they're supposed to do you're going to have these amazing movements start on time and time is so critical when you have uh, a lot of moving pieces so um if any if there's any takeaway from this episode i hope that's that's it man because i I just really want to see this event go well um and and just reminds me to just hey just make sure you're there because uh I'm refing as you, as you know, and, um, I'll just, as a takeaway for myself, I'll, I'll make sure I'm there where I need to be when I need to be there. So good stuff. Uh, one little last bit is it even gets harder, um, during, during elimination because as, as people get eliminated, they start to leave and they start to pack up and, you know, you get to a bottleneck where there's more teams playing than our teams even present in the gym. And so like, you know, stay just help till we get till that like 
midway through the loser bracket. So that way we have enough courts because, you know, so we've experienced it in times where like you have a top team get, get knocked out early and then they back up and leave. And it's like, no, for the last couple of years, everybody has stood around to help ref your games. When you're in the championships, it's time to return the favor and yeah. stick around to help ref for them. Another good point. And that's honestly, that's where I fall off. Um, I'll admit it right now. Like usually when we get knocked out, I'll stick around for a couple of rounds and I'll just kind of like, oh, I think other people got it. So I'm just going to chill now. So I'll be, uh, be more careful on that one. That's a good point it. too. Um, anything else though, um, aside from being where you need to be, helping ref, helping retrieve, not letting or waiting for Mark to tell you where to be, when to be there. Um, anything else that people can help out with? Um, uh, yeah, actually the one last thing is, you know, it's, it's kind of like a nightmare for me is, is trash. Like, um, you know, we need to understand that, like, it's not my venue, you know, we're, we're guests. Like you wouldn't leave a banana peel under someone's couch at your friend's house. Would you No, you'd right. take that to the trash. Um, you know, I spend, uh, an ungodly amount of time cleaning up and mopping up uh you know an hour after a tournament because people would just not even take stuff to the trash can like if the trash can's full like tell but people leave an ungodly amount of trash on the court and underneath bleachers and like you know we want to be able to come back to these venues and we don't want to be bad guests yeah and like I hate seeing the look on these people's faces. Like at San Diego, like we had this lady who was sticking around till 10, 10 PM who was pregnant. And like her face was crestfallen because she had seen so much trash and there was so much gum of spilled Gatorade coffee and this, that like we walk around and we mopped it up and we pulled all trash out of the trash cans and took it out to the dumpsters um, you know, please help with, with trash. We have to, to have to keep all drinks off courts, water, Gatorade, everything can't be on the courts. It can't be next to the, the, you know, dancing in the nets because when it's hit, it stops a game and that stops the entire tournament because we, we go by, you know, round. So, you know, none of that stuff in the courts. And that's also a rule in our contract is that we're not bringing on food and drinks onto the courts because it deteriorates both the courts and the varnish and everything. Like it, it just makes it hard to maintain and keep, keep the pace of the tournament. And also like, again, like we're guests in someone else's venue and people treat this like, you know, it's their dorm room, which is, which, you know, it's hard to keep up and I hate sounding like, you know, a, a mom here, like trying to clip after my 500 kids. Right. You, you make a good point. He's like, is it difficult when you are talking to these venues? Like, Hey, I want to have a dodgeball tournament here. Like, do you still get that? Oh, we don't want you to break anything. Or you get like that kind of side eye glance where they're just like, I, they take a risk on you. Do you ever feel that way? Well, I, I get that probably about half the time. And, and my, my biggest thing that I have to fight against is AAU basketball. AAU basketball is a nightmare because a majority of those organizers have no business organizing anything. And so they leave these venues an absolute mess. 
And I almost start every conversation with a venue just being like, we will always leave the gym better than how we found it. We will make sure that everything's care of, you know, we don't need anything from you. We provide our own setup. We provide everything that basically all you need to do is unlock the door and lock the door. And so we still get a little bit of side eye, but I also do an extensive amount of research looking on like Google and Yelp and anything that I can find photos with one broken window in the seven year. We've never had a problem with the venue. That's awesome. And that's, and and the broken window wasn't even because of dodgeball. Something unrelated. Yeah. Someone punched a window. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah. That's huge. I mean, but it even, was taken care of, and that player was very quick and apologetic. It was a player that did it. Oh boy. Well, I'm not naming the player. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't gonna gonna ask. <laughs> Just leave that person anonymous. Hopefully, he was, he was he was very remorseful and very, was very quick to help remedy the situation. So I appreciated it. Well, if they're if they're listening, hopefully their their ears are ringing. That's about as far as we'll go. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, like, even as a small league. Uh, personnel person that I was, I, don't, I was going to say owner, but it's weird to say that. Like if you find a venue that's dodgeball friendly, that, that alone is huge. Like that's such a huge battle already. So in terms of like not trashing the venue, taking care of it, picking up after yourself. Um, and these are all good takeaways that players, captains, refs can, can all look out for, including myself to help make this event uh, that much better. And um, before I, go into another topic real quick. I just want to ask though, because we kind of segued into this one, but were there, was there anything else that was going to be different about this, this round? That um, the only thing that's really or? different uh, is we, we had to shift the schedule um, because day one is open women's and co-ed 8.5 round robin. Those are the big round robins. Um, and then day two, elimination of open women's co-ed 8.5 we do all star games and the show. Nice. And in the years past, in addition to those, we would do the co ed no sting uh, round robin at the end of all that. And and everybody always had a horrible time on robin. Just everybody was exhausted dead. after all star games and, and showdown. So you're really looking at everybody like being able to show up at a party at 11 o'clock at night. And party until two and then showing up on, on Sunday. So we had to make a decision to move the round robin to Sunday just because Saturday was too much. It was actually too much. And it was just so many things going on that day. Like it's a 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. day. And that's, that's, that's egregious. So we moved it over so that way, like, a, we get to play more, more co-ed no sting. And then, um, you know, you're not doing a, an absolute crazy amount on Saturday and you can have time when everything finishes Saturday to shower, eat a little bit if you need, and then get to the party without it being, you know, basically midnight when you arrive. That's a good point. I'm always so... I mean, I'm going back to New Orleans. I, I can't remember when we actually got to the party, but I just remember it was late. And so it's going to be cool kind of being able to take back some of the evening and actually enjoy it before going crazy. Right? I think it'll be a great experience that everybody will be able to get to the party earlier, nearly two hours earlier than they normally do. I think, and, and you know, it's just not going to be an overkill because it, 
you know, co-ed no staying on Saturdays after all the divisions had been, you know, determined, you know, everybody dragged their feet. Like nobody had the energy to really play at that high level. And then people would always beg me like, are we cut now? Are we cutting now? (laughs) Are we cutting now? And it's like, well, let's give it what it really deserves. Let's give it that, that Sunday morning to give it what it deserves so people can play a more competitive division. Oh man, it's going to be exciting. Uh, it, mm-hmm. I'm just laughing because it's, I'm so used to like tournaments getting cut short and never feeling like I got enough dodgeball. And the few times that I've actually thanked my lucky stars that it was over was I think once in city a couple years ago, I think it was like my first or second one. It was definitely <laughs> absolutely 100% Kelly's LA classic last December. Um, I was just glad I made it. What'd you say? I said curses. Oh, okay. They said uh, something else. <laughs> I was like, how dare you, sir? <laughs> but because I, I cramped up for like the first time ever. I was like, I, my body's shutting down, man. I can't, I can't hang anymore. And then when she said it was over, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm alive. Like <laughs> also I'm very embarrassed right now. So I'm going to have to step up my, my endurance. But, um, and I think it was, um, actually I hate to admit this. I think it was, uh, round three at the West. I think you had to cut it short. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with this. Like not cramping. I feel good. I, I think I'll be, I'm 100% okay with this happening. That's such a... Yeah, everybody wanted round two to be cut short. Yeah, that's... I was, uh, round two and round three were some pretty brutal rounds. It was... Uh, of the West. It's just a lot of dodgeball. And it's it, coming from, you know, pre-elite me, that that is such a wonderful turnaround. Like, it just... Man, I paid $300 for myself, came all the way to Vegas, played five games, and I'm done. Now it's like, you know what, Mark, if you want to take, take it easy on the dodgeball, I'm okay with that. Like, that's such a, that's a great problem to have, man. Um, God, I'm excited. Um, I don't have any other questions. I was going to kind of ask if you had pr- predictions, if you wanted to weigh on some teams. I don't know if I want to put you on the spot, if you just kind of want to let it play out, or um, if you had any final thoughts just overall. Um, definitely didn't want to keep this too long and some of the other questions I did have I figure might be good for an actual interview with you um, where we just talk about everything so one thing I would like to touch on which would be um, a little bit of fun so our very first nationals we had 20 teams in open and we had 8 teams in women's the next year we had 27 in open and seven teams in women's. Year three in New Orleans, we had 34 open teams and 13 women's teams. Last year in Boston, we had 39 in open, and we had uh, 16 women's teams. This year, we have 45 in open, and 21 women's teams. It's generally about a 30% increase every year. Wow. So, you know, it, you know, some, some tournaments like to spend some time saying how they've got like 150 teams, but really it's 30 teams, the same 30 teams, every division like redistributed. Yeah. And you're talking about the same people. You're counting them twice or three times or four times or five times. Like 45 teams. So we have, what do we got here? Uh, 66 teams of individuals and then add the people who 
being like co-ed almost and not on a women's team or not on an open team. Um, we, we've got like a great turnout and every year it keeps getting bigger, bigger and bigger. And what's funny is we prepare here for, you know, to have that, you know, retrace, if you will, if we're talking like stock market where we're expecting like, you know, attendance to drop a bit, like maybe we reached peak, but we keep finding a higher high. And so like, you know, that was some of the growing pains this year is, you know, every venue that we've ever used, we basically had to throw out because they weren't big enough anymore. And so we had to find all new venues, all new, you know, all new places, you know, Portland was new this year. Like, I think the only venue able to do in the West we did before was San Diego. Now that one's not even big enough anymore. Um, you know, everything in the East, you know, the same way North has, has gotten way bigger South. We, we didn't use a single gym that we've used before just because we needed way more space. So you know, we've been growing at a clip. That's actually, it's, it's hard to maintain and be able to like give those players what they want. So like there came to be green pains this year in terms of like, sometimes we could have communicated better, and, you know, how 100% own that, you know, you know, at the same time, you know, Vince has a job and a family, you know, Glenn's got his, his, like, his life as well. I've got a, a wife and a career that I do and we, we don't, and it's, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we got to do something about that in terms of like allocating time towards it and, you know, we're, we're pulling on new people to help out, you know, add USA dodgeball on my things that like I personally need to help take care of and team USA. And so with the growth, it's been great and welcome. It's, it's, it's not a bad thing to have, um, but it's, it's a problem that we're, we're working to address for the future and helping bring in more help and, and helping, you know, this next year should be a complete world of difference in terms of not only venues, but resources that we've never had. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know if it's like the, uh, the double shot of espresso that I'm sipping on, but I'm, I'm just getting super pumped up about this already. Just thinking about it and getting really giddy. So I'm trying to, you know, hold it. Um, just yeah, I, I, I have to keep reminding myself to be in 2018 <laughs> and not 2019 right now. Yeah, that's exciting, man. Um, like, would you have ever imagined that we'd have 45 teams in open in a tournament? No, and, and so that that was one of the questions I kind of wanted to save until after, but I'm just gonna go ahead and ask it now. Um, you know, when you and Vince thought about like presenting this new product of dodgeball with the Elite Eight, I mean. Obviously, because of the name, I don't think you guys foresaw it blowing up to something like this. Where, never mind going past eight teams, never mind going past the Invitational, never mind going past the regions. But now you're looking at a national tournament where you have 30% growth, as you put it. And all these, all these elements that are going in. I mean, did you foresee this kind of happening? Is this where you guys wanted to go, or was it just like, hey, let's just do this and see where it, where it ends up, like? Not at all. What was the vision? So, like, you know, remember back in the day, I think you were on Rampage and I was on Syndicate and we were playing in the NDL. You know, one tournament wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And 
you know, I remember calling up Bill Fair and Serge and a couple of the other like West Coast captains and being like, yeah, one tournament is not enough. Like, would you guys be down if like I did a tournament? We'll take like eight teams in the West Coast and we'll 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 brand it as something. And basically, like I want to treat it like a poker game amongst friends. Everybody chips in to buy the beer and the snacks and everything and you know, uh, the money left over goes in the pot and the winner takes the pot. That's how Elite started. Um, I truthfully thought it was going to be something like where we do, you know, three a year and is, you know, just high competition, awesome dodgeball and, and a lot on. I had no clue that this was become a full-time job. Right. I had no clue whatsoever. Because what ended up happening is, you know, we had we had adrenaline came out for us in the tournament. Glenn was with him, and he experienced it and was like, this is awesome. Like, can you bring this to the north? And, uh, you know, the, the north took to it uh, rather eagerly. And then we had the East Coast people say, can you bring that out here? And then, you know, we want to kind of balance it out and, and get the South started. And so slowly it became, it's, it snowballed into just more and more and more growth. And, you know, it's not like we've been advertising and putting out commercials or anything. Like it's all been word of mouth and this growth, which has been just, you know, it, it, I need to go back to like the financial way of looking at it, but like the returns on it in terms of like the amount of teams that keep coming out has just been astounding. Like, I wish I made that kind of interest on my on my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, <clears throat> I just kind of we're going to the days of so when I was on my way overseas um, when Chad had told me about, hey, dude, are you going to Elite Eight? And I was like the hell is that and then i found out mm-hmm. i was like oh man no like i have to go play army or air force um and i was just so bummed I was like man because like you know you, you go to vegas that's like the pinnacle and then you always go home like wanting more and you're like man i have to wait a whole another year for like something of that caliber to be back again so i was really bummed but then i saw i think it was like the elite 12 I was like okay cool this might be a recurrent thing by the time i actually got to make one which was the first uh west round and i saw adrenaline rush come out of the gates or come out of nowhere and I heard of I hadn't heard of Glenn Spacer. I didn't know him too well, but the what impacted me most was seeing Tim Poon and Troy. And I thought I would never see those guys again because NDL was just falling apart, and it was just sad. You're like, man, I guess all the competition is just going to be in LA, San Diego, Phoenix area. But then I just saw like there could be more to this. And when I saw Glenn doing his thing in the north, so I'm flying around and, and helping out with these other little regions and, and those other rounds popping up. It was just exciting and just to watch it just from my angle from, you know, a lowly player from Tucson to, to what it is now is it's just incredible. And it's, it's a, uh, I'm bummed to miss last year, but I'm so excited for, for this one and, and for the future. And I mean, for what it's worth, man, thank you for doing it. I mean, I know you get that all the time, but it's just like, it, it's incredible what you guys put on your shoulders and, and are building. And I know that sometimes people have their complaints like, Oh, this gym has no AC. And sometimes it's, it's easy to kind of fall into that. But at the, at the end of the day, like, it's this is still a thing that's happening and getting better and growing and it's just uh it's incredible man so yeah just personally thank you i'll probably give you a a hug or a beer in person but uh yeah it's incredible Yeah, i think one thing that you touched on that like 
the one thing that's kind of the thing that I can sip on is, you know, you've created a network of friends by playing dodgeball across the United States. Like, look at how many people would be like, hey, I'm going to be in North, in like Norfolk, Virginia, any dodgeball out there, and there's someone out there, you know, hey, I'm going to be headed up to like Grand Rapids, and, you know, there's out there. And like you were saying about like, you never thought you'd see Tim or, or Troy again. Like, you know, now we're all interconnected in this like gigantic family of, of dodgeball. And it's, it's weird because, you know, my wife, she's not involved in the sport at all. And so she's basically got like, you know, her, the friends that she grew up with and friends that, uh, you know, from like work. And meanwhile, like I have work friends, friends I grew up with and like an entire dodgeball family. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of people and, and you know like i'll be i'll i'll throw myself on the fire here like sometimes if i have a blank stare on my face like i'm trying to figure out <laughs> i'm trying to figure out whoever you are so bear with me sometimes uh like i said you know it, it was is easy to to remember who everybody was with when there was just eight teams in the west but now we've got you know over a hundred individual teams um in in elite like it's it's hard to remember everybody, <laughs> but it's a great problem to have because you know we're we're all connected. We're all we'll all be there for each other. We've all been there for, in terms of like if there's something that happens, you know that community comes there. That's been kind of like the most enriching part of of this process. Yeah, that was a. Uh... I don't know if you have a chance to listen to it, but when I was interviewing Payan, I don't know if you heard of him. He's kind of like a low-key player uh, somewhere in, on the yeah. West. We we're talking well, about that. Like I've known him longer than most people in my life. Like most of my personal friends, people I've grown up with and lost touch with, people like him, Serge, um, Tim. Like they, they're they're the most consistent people, even if it's just a couple times a year. And that when people ask me, like, dude, are you still playing dodgeball? Like, how do you, like they don't they don't see that part. They just see, Oh, Steve's playing a kid's game on the weekends and he's still doing it. And it's like, a lot of what keeps me going is just the fact that the community's there. And I, uh, I haven't admitted this to anybody, but I was actually thinking about being done. Uh, was it 2015? Like, cause I was just like, just completely beat up and tired. And I was like sitting there on a, on some lawn chair and like the golden nugget. And I was like crafting this like beautiful message of thank you. Mark and Vince and Glenn for everything. After 10 years, I think I'm going to throw down the towel. And as I was like tagging you guys, like, wait a minute, I don't feel good about this. I'm going to change the message too. I'll see you next year. And that, that like, that turned me around because of that though, because of the the community and, and where I was and the people that have been brought in. And it's just, uh, just keeps adding to the, the magic that is dodgeball. So I hear you on that. I'm glad you. I'm. I'm glad you didn't throw in the towel. It's always sad to see those posts when someone has thrown in the towel. Oh, yeah, it's so. And you know, I, I know we're gonna get to those days soon where we're gonna have you know, uh, uh, you know, people kind of hanging them up. You know, what's what's awesome is you see the north and the east. You know, those college teams, those teams from NCDA are feeding directly into elite because they want to continue playing dodgeball after they've earned their masters in dodgeball. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'd love to see that happen in the South and the West where we get you know those colleges involved out here. So that way, you know, every year there's incoming freshmen and outgoing seniors 
and they're going to need a place to play dodgeball at a high competitive level. And hopefully that begins that kind of feeder system into the sport and that, you know, I, you know, hopefully I'm 60 years old and still whip a ball at someone who's talking back, um, <laughs> you know, much like, like, like master Dave, uh, you know, who, who's timeless. That man gives um, me so much hope and fuel. Yeah. He gives me hope. <laughs> he gives me hope and gray hair. Uh, I'll bet <laughs> you have to, you're closer to him. I got a safe distance from him. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I think about, as you said, you know, we're, we're getting close. At least I'm getting close to that retirement point where I can be like, okay, probably can't do this anymore. Shouldn't. Um, I don't know if that's next year. I don't know if that's next month, five years, who knows? I just know that it's, it's closer than it normally is. And, um, for me, it's like, I can live with that, I guess. But I think what I would absolutely just be completely crushed over is if just all of dodgeball went away, like it was just gone and everything that we've done, as a player, as a ref, as league organizers, as contributors, as people just enjoyed the game, if that just was gone and just dead, I think that would be worse. Um, so when you point out the fact that you know NCDA is bringing in new kids, um, this is growing, it's getting bigger and better and better, it's like, yeah, I, I'm really happy that there's a really high likelihood that I could be 60 and maybe watching this still take place and, and know that people are still playing. I don't know that's a weird thing to, to, to fess up or admit, but I don't know if you feel that way at all about just continuing. I, I mean, I'll admit, like, there's times where I've been, like, laid awake at night. Like, you know, if, you know, I, I, I ride a motorcycle to work, you know, if, if something drastic happens to me, like, you know, is is it set up to continue? You know, I know Jay Glenn are more than capable of, of taking over, but sometimes I wonder, like, I would not want it to go away if something happens. Uh, you know, we've we've done too much work. We've created it's such a wonderful family. I would I would hate to see anything just kind of fall away from it. You know, it's dark to look at one's mortality that way. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, nothing nothing happens, and you know, we're, we're not going to let something fall off. With the creation of USA Dodgeball, like we're helping to secure the future of the sport. You know, when we did the membership drive, you know, as elite as the premier member of of USA Dodgeball, like we're helping to ensure that community wise that the sport will continue and also have like, you know, a large enough reach where if USA Dodgeball is able to be successful it's going to be that organization that is setting up the kids leagues, helping push the college and then pushing college into elite and then being that ecosystem to, to, to keep it like AYSO is to soccer. And you have like, you know, literally that help keep those sports going and, 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 and feeding into each other. So, you know, that's one of those things that's not really talked about with USA Dodgeball is that's the setup of the infrastructure to help get us all on the single page so that it's not as fractured anymore. You know, elite did good of connecting the coasts. USA Dodgeball is going to take it to an entire another level because if you unite all of those organizations, there's more leverage to keep, you know, a, a sponsor and say, hey, you know, elite has, you know, 800, 900 people. It's enough thing for USA Dodgeball to sit there and be like, we have 16,000 
nationwide. Yeah, yeah it gets the sponsor's bring, attention. Sorry? Oh, I was going to say that that gets the attention of, of sponsors and, and, and officials. Absolutely. You know, that's where like, you know, for example, this Nationals, like we have that amazing hotel deal because the city of Min- Minneapolis said, we want you here and we'll do whatever we need to do to do that. And so, like, they created an amazing hotel deal for us because they want dodgeball there. Like, when you have cities begging for it, like, that's an, that's an amazing amount of leverage to be able to provide more for the players. And so, that's kind of, like, what we're pushing, hopefully, the sport to help continue and create that ecosystem. Awesome. Well, I hope everybody so keeps that in mind. Want- Oh, what's up? It is helping continue this ecosystem. And all we're going to be using to put towards good things so that, you know, our sport grows. And that way people talk about competitive dodgeball rather than the five Ds of dodgeball. And if it's going to be on the God logo. Yeah, that's still a, still a thing. Um, yeah. But that's a good point, though. That. I mean, it's... Uh, for, for people that are asking, you know, even after lead, just what can I do? Just bring new bodies in, contribute to those numbers, see where it's going. That's a great way to kind of just point out the, I don't want to say like the end state, but the overall objective. Like, why am I paying $25 a year to USA Dodgeball to play an elite? Well, that's that's kind of why you're helping build this ecosystem as you, as you put it. And I hope that people, I mean, amongst everything that's going to happen this weekend, I hope that's one of the things that, that stay in the back of people's minds. Like I am helping this thing continue on past me, which is super critical and important. But um, man, it's good stuff, man. I, mean, I, I do want to dive into more stuff, but I, I do want to keep this just kind of this weekend specific. So I think yeah. uh, I think we'll just leave it like that. And if um, I'll take some of these questions I had and uh, save them from the interview where I actually get to know you a little bit more. Um, but I did have one more. And that was uh, from Felix Peroni. He asks, uh, if cows could produce strawberry milk naturally, what color would the cow be? I don't know if that's an inside joke, but let's hear well, it. Well, it's not an inside joke, but considering that my, my parents both came from farms. Ah. Um, well, there's no such thing as like brown cows making chocolate milk. But in a perfect world, we'd have strawberry colored cows. I mean, that, that makes sense. I can... <laughs> Why not? <laughs> not going to go into. <laughs> I mean, the... there's no yellow cows for you know uh, banana milk. Oh God! I mean, is that truthfully, a thing? Like Felix, I, I'd much rather face the uh, a thousand horse-sized ducks or, or <laughs> you know that question. <laughs> what? Oh. Anyways, <laughs> I, I would. I'd pick the ducks, man. Like, I'd die laughing at least. Oh yeah, no, I, 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 it'd be like that scene at the end of uh, Step Brothers where they're just wailing on children. Oh man, I'd, I'd much rather face one hundred five-year-olds in dodgeball than, you know, ten adults in dodgeball. <laughs> I don't know, man. I played. Uh, I think it'd be a fun video to watch, in one way or another, right? As long as nobody gets sued, um, that would be fun. <laughs> I I played youth dodgeball before, just as a. I don't. I don't even like a council. Like we used to, we used to volunteer for for youth to to help with like a venue, some crazy deal that we had, 
And uh, I just remember like I got a little too into it one time and I hit this one kid who was like impossible to hit. Little did I know I hit him in the face and he was crying because I was celebrating. I was like, yeah, take that. Because like my teammates, like my little, my kids were like wanting me to help them win. And they're like, come on, Steve, help us, man. Help us get that guy, get that guy. So I was like, fine, I'll do it for you children. And it just backfires. Um, this is why I hate kids. But I just hit him in the face, started crying. I was celebrating. I found out that he was crying. I was like, I'm a horrible human being. This is why I don't do this anymore. Um, but yeah, that's. I would like to see somebody just wail on 500 kids. That'd be pretty all right, funny. <laughs> let's get them all gold masks. Let's get 100 kids and do a competition of see who can kids without getting out. As long as they know what they're getting into, they're going to be rewarded handsomely, and we've done every precaution to make sure that they're not actually like, damaged. That would be fun to watch. How do we make this happen? I don't know. Who's got kids? Who's got kids and who's, who's willing to like, just, I don't know. <laughs> we should get into that. It's for science. Yeah, exactly. It's for purely scientific purposes. Um, well, awesome, man. Well, we'll go ahead and uh, end the interview there. But um, I'm I'm very excited for for this weekend, and I hope that if anybody's able to listen to this on the way, whether you're driving, flying, walking, whatever you're doing, uh, yeah, just take away those takeaways. Appreciate the event for what it is. I'm super excited for it. I can't say that enough. But um, yeah, man. Do you have any final final words or or thoughts? Final um, two things. One, be prepared for a lot of dot ball. Yes. Two, um, make sure you're drinking water and eating through the day. And actually, a, a third point is we have a concession at nationals, and so I really would implore everybody to you know bring bring cash and a credit card and buy from the concession stand. We've given them a list of, of, of snacks and drinks that we think dodgeballers would love because 25% of all sales will go towards Team USA for the, for the International World Championship. That is freaking awesome. Awesome. Very cool. All right, man. Um, yeah, we'll just leave it at that, and uh, we'll see everybody in a, in a couple days, depending on when this airs. So that was a, uh, well, I wish I could have said quick precap of the Elite Nationals that's coming up uh, in a day or two pending uh, the release of this uh, episode. I did want to keep it short, but it's really, really hard not to talk about dodgeball in case any of you guys have picked up at this point with my uh, episodes that go past an hour. But um, man, I, I am so looking forward to this event. Um, I cannot state that enough. I probably should because my voice is always monotone and deadpan, but whatever. Um, Mark, thank you so much for hopping on. I know your time is very precious and limited. So again, I appreciate the insight, appreciate the hype. I hope people are able to understand what can make this crazy event that much more efficient and how we can help elite dodgeball as a whole. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I can go on for days, so I, so I won't. But um, for all of you guys that are traveling um, or still traveling, depending on, again, when this releases, have a safe trip, get to the venue safe. And I look forward to seeing you guys on the course. So I'm very excited for it. Um, I cannot state that enough. You know what? I'm just going to go stick with the first one because um, sometimes you just got to trust the guts. should apologize about the... Uh, now it's right about that. All right. Time. Time now. Let me stop this thing. <laughs>